into Barometer here on Monday the 14th of March. You mightn't have been expecting anything to be happening this week because it's reading week. Who's going to have anything here? But we went the extra mile for you because we have an interview with Mr. Gabriel Pascal Blake from Four Foresters and he's in the studio with us now. Yeah, man. What's it, Craig? Thanks for coming in to us today, actually. Yeah, um, you're welcome, hey? So how did you come up with the name of the band first, like for Four Foresters? Um, well, there's a poem that I had written uh, that sort of just fell out of me and it kind of revolved around this idea of... Um, like foresters and these people who like sort of tell lies and aren't like really great people uh, and then there's a line in in the poem that says for the foresters will sleep tonight um, and then we used to like we used to be called uh, under my own name Gabriel Pascal Blake but I just didn't myself and the boys were all putting in such equal efforts I didn't mm. think it was fair that I was getting all the uh, the attention, so we decided to change the name there in the summer um, to Far Foresters, and uh, uh, to, to me, it's sort of our band is about that art, that expression, that um, realness, and that honesty that comes through spoken word and comes through mm. telling the story and comes through the music we make. So I think our band is Far Foresters, as far that idea of poetry and stuff. Yeah, so uh, you put a lot of emphasis on, on the text and the poetry or whatever and that, that comes through your music is that? I definitely, that'll be a huge thing for me because um, I think as an artist or like a musician or a songwriter or a poet or an author or anything um, you've, so, you've so much time that you can like talk about how you feel and like get your views across like I mean humans by nature just want to talk and want to express themselves so I think like even if you're doing a pop song and it's like three minutes, two and a half minutes, I think that if you're using those few minutes of time not expressing yourself and not talking about something really, you're sort of wasting your time because there's a lot of people like who will listen to you. Of course, there you need to have pop and you need to have yeah, yeah. stuff about uh, shaking asses and that. <laughs> <laughs> like for me, that's just not what I'm looking for. Yeah, everything got a, everything got a little deep here. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets very deep when I'm talking about this, you know. So, but how do you think music uh, advances poetry in that sort of way? Like, um, well, I suppose it's just like yeah, it's it's being able to express it in a, a more interesting way. I suppose mm. like um, poetry on its own is brilliant, and music on its own is brilliant, like instrumentals and stuff. But I think when you put the two together, it's brilliant. Um, even last night I was in Trinity watching a. Um, a a play sort of thing about the the rising and that and uh, a girl recited um, September uh, nineteen thirteen by W. B. Yeats and it like she had uh, like a violin in the background and I just thought it was brilliant sort of it made me think of definitely trying to incorporate stuff like that into my own music mm. so I definitely think they uh, advance each other brilliantly yeah so so I say you got involved yeah, like you, you're getting involved in student life here in Dublin mm-hmm. uh, you're a student yourself um yeah. Uh, what's what uh, what course do you do, or what sort of? Uh, well, I'm in uh, BIM uh, on Francis Street, uh, doing uh, commercial modern music, specialising in songwriting. Yeah. Uh, and then Gary is um, in UCD. He's doing architecture. Uh, and Connell's still up in uh, Donegal, but he's uh, also studying uh, nursing and dairy. Mm. So you're kind of you're going for it. You're going for yeah. for the music. I definitely. I, well, I mean, I just. Everybody comes to that crossroads in their lives when they leave yeah. secondary school, I suppose, and I just uh, 
I just knew then that I, I don't think I'd be happy doing anything else. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So and it's so hard to get into BIM as well here. I it's a, it's a very very good college. There's some amazing acts there. So yeah. I was delighted when I was able to. Have, so I knew that I got in. So yeah, that's it. Nice. So how did you guys get together? Well, <laughs> we uh, we we'd been playing for like since we were very very young. Um, in primary school, uh, I was the only person in the class that played guitar, and Gary was the only person in the class. Maybe even the school that was playing drums. Um, so then when we got to secondary school, I just asked him, "Would you want to start playing together and stuff?" And uh, and then um, Connell didn't want to be felt left out, so he took right. up the bass. Um, so he just <laughs> decided to start playing bass. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. Um, I don't know if it was the easiest option, but it was definitely the one that suited him best. Yeah. He, but he's an amazing bass player now, after all the years. Um, so I that's how it happened. Like we'd play in many different bands coming up, but the, the three of us like always stayed as a tight unit. You know, like mm. a few different people, like uh, our other cousins, uh, Leila Keeney and uh, Lauren Keeney and stuff. We were play, played with them and it was brilliant. But I think just uh, me, Connor, and Gary always were just that tight knit band, and mm. it's really, um, it's really really good to be able to play just as the three of us now because I think we're all on the same wavelength and it's very very uh, to me it's very real because like we're all in the same sort of times in our lives and stuff yeah you all kind of you all have the same uh, interest well not interest the same taste in what you want to put across really do you uh, we would do I, I think um, uh, <laughs> the boys definitely let me sort of run and do my own thing a lot of the time like we were playing a gig in the baller there up in uh Albuquerque and Donegal, and they were just saying it was like they were just sitting there playing. It was like watching a Wayne at a like a birthday party, and <laughs> just getting to jump about and do all I want. But no, I definitely think that, that we we all um, have the same musical idea and the same passion for it as well. Yeah, and so you, I I saw like that you describe your your music as experimental folk rock. What mm-hmm. what is that? How do you? Well, I think it's uh, I think just given uh, music. Uh, a straight genre like mm. folk or rock or just the one thing is um it doesn't suit the music scene at the minute like because there's just so much different things like so um that sort of experimental uh, folk rock or post folk idea mm. is that like um folk songs are sort of like songs coming from the people and like a, a lot of it like was like about like people who are oppressed and stuff like mm. that and that was how it was at the time but I think now that like the idea of post folk is like how people are now like um, I'm singing songs about like a young 19 year old male so I think that's to me is folk but it's post folk because it's what it's evolved into mm-hmm. um, nowadays um, and then sort of experimental rock is because every tune we do, we don't really know what we're doing. We're trying to yeah. move it forward. And then because we are, a, we're a full band, like so, there is that rock element too. Yeah, exactly. And so, what would it, what would your influences have been then in that case? Um, well, starting off, we would like definitely been listening to the bands that are around us in uh, Donegal, like um, and their thousands and uh, our native state and things like that but like on a wider scheme I think it's always been uh, for me anyway Villagers would be uh, a huge influence um, Conor Brand's writing just absolutely amazes me especially their uh, their arrangement and stuff and um, 
uh, Tommy McLaughlin's producing is unbelievable. It's great because mm. we're actually just recording uh, our first single in Attica Studios in Terman there. So it was just a brilliant experience being able to be like be where uh, be where those like uh, a wetland was made and stuff. Uh, but like yeah. um, myself and the boys, we'd always listen to uh, the War on Drugs, uh, Lost in a Dream album, in uh, in in my Jeep when we were driving, and I think that that's been a huge influence on us. Yeah, um, it's always changing. It's always changing. Just, yeah, that's the way music is, I suppose. Mm. But eventually, you started writing your own original mm. songs. When did when did that start? Um, was it early or? I, it's I, I can't really put a time on it. I think. <laughs> I think it was when we were in a previous band, Jamaican Vampires, and then my vanity got. You're Jamaican Vampires. Jesus, <laughs> that's 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 how far there I was go. going back. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, my vanity got too uh, heavy, and I started wanting to write on my own. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I suppose that's where I came from. But no, it's been doing it for a while since I was about fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I suppose it was just that uh, time in your life when you started. Like when you get to that teenage years and you sort of start to start thinking on your own and you start making up your own ideas, I thought uh, I thought I'd want to express it in some way. And I always played guitar, so it just sort of the two came together very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the kind of the first song you guys wrote together? Oh, um. Well, we had wrote, written loads and loads of songs with. Uh, with Lauren and Jamaican Vampires and she's like a really really good um, uh, songwriter and like brilliant vocalist um, so it's hard and like, we wrote songs together but the first song that I wrote on my own that I can remember is one called Mexico um, and I suppose it, it's, it is about that um, that time in your life when you're sort of thinking about um, should the things in your life that are happening around you, and you just don't know if they're right. Mm. Um, I think I think that's where that song came out of. That uh, it might not have been the first song, but it's definitely the first song that stayed with me. Yeah, kind of thought I was done with that song, but we played it there in Whedon's there during the week. Um, it it was in the cupboards for a very long time, but yeah. I think the emotions that I was feeling when I wrote that song have kind of came back into my life. So mm. I think we might as well start playing it again. That's it. And will you play it first now? I'll do a different one. All right, then so. Uh, this it's called My Father Undertaker. Uh, it's, 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 it's I'd say that's probably one of the ones we started playing under Four Foresters. Yeah. Um, it's about uh, my father actually is an Undertaker, Pascal Lake up in Donegal. Right. And I think it's um, it's just sort of about uh, about like an Undertaker's perspective, I suppose. Because mm. um, I don't think there's there's many Undertakers who are songwriters, so I thought I'd give it a give yeah. it a go to um, show people that perspective. I suppose. Yeah. Right. Sound. <laughs> I'll give you a blast of it now. <laughs> this is my father, the Undertaker. Moment in his shit 
Cheers. What did your dad think when he heard that? Um, he likes it because he's kind of like myself. He likes to be talked about. <laughs> he, he was ended. Yeah. And uh, how long did it take to you to take you to write that? Actually, did it take um, you much? No. I, when I started songwriting, mm. it it came very quickly. Like I don't think if it was two days, that'd probably be the height of it. Like oh wow. Because um, at the start, I, I sort of wouldn't let myself stop writing mm. the song until it was finished. Whereas now I think it takes, uh, like it could take mo- a month for a idea to progress to what it ends up being, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know which is better, I don't know if it's better thinking about it a lot of time or just getting it done, but um, definitely when I started writing it just came out of me very quickly. Yeah, it's hard to close things off as well, so it's, Def- it's good uh, when something like that happens. Definitely is, yeah. Uh, you mentioned there earlier about um, 
about the people in Donegal that's mm. that are are starting like starting to uh, about their explosion that's kind of happened in Donegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, like uh, like soak in their thousands yourselves or native states. Um, mm-hmm. What do you put that down to? All this growth, um, hard work, and not letting. Uh, not not quality control sort of like not letting yourself play unless it's absolutely brilliant okay. like I mean in Donegal uh, we're kind of closed off with regards to the music industry uh, like there's there's not a wide lot of ears on Donegal if you know what I mean right Um. so you really really have to work and be good to be listened to mm. if you're not good in Donegal it's very it's very quick to see like not that there's anybody bad in Donegal. <laughs> Naming any names. No, because there's not. We're all brilliantly. Uh. Um, <laughs> no, but honestly, like, it, it just... And you're surrounded by such brilliant music all the time, too. Like, mm. um, Connell, Connell's S plays in another band with his, uh, with his two twin brothers called Clans. And, like, they, they're just this unbelievable shoegaze, yeah. like, post-rock band. It's just... With all this reverb and it's brilliant, like, and then you get the boys like in their thousands, and then Rosie Carney, and there's just so much different stuff going on. Um, that's kind of that's one of the reasons why we set up that uh, collective that we're signed to now, Andromeda Artisans. Yeah, it's, it's to sort of show show Ireland and the world what it is in Donegal because there's just so much brilliant music there that's not really been listened to because because it's sort of been shut off for so long it's take, it's had so much time to grow and become what it has become um so i think that's i think sort of the fact that a lot of a lot of mm. artists are sort of shut off in Donegal it means that they've had to become really good to be heard and i think that's why it's just so good and so authentic yeah. and and you've had to grow, kind of grow your own following there as well. Like it's, exactly, it's you've, part you've, of the uh, you've learned, you've learned every side of it. You learned the music business and the, uh, yeah. the publicity and everything from being that size. Yeah, and you know, in Donegal, there's kind of there's kind of a, a limited number of places to play. Really, mm. uh, you've kind of had to go elsewhere, haven't you? Ah, uh, well, it sort of it's it sort of didn't happen to. that way. Um, there's there's brilliant places. Um, there's uh, in Donegal and the. the the green room would have been somewhere we would have played off when we was in Larry Kenny in our hometown um, yeah. and there are loads of places in uh, Donegal for uh, original music but I think um, there's not there, sometimes there's not as much of an interest as in the cover scene in that you know in the mm. country scene so it does, sometimes you do have to go away uh, or go away to somewhere else that would listen to it but it's not it wasn't an intentional thing it's just yeah. um, there there was ears somewhere so we wanted exactly. to play to those ears the magnet there and Derry's nearby as well Derry yeah we, we used to play a lot in Derry actually yeah, it was really good um, everybody's very very into their music in Derry yeah. like live original music so it's it sort of it felt natural to play a good bit there if you know what I mean yeah and and as well with the success of with the huge success of in their thousands and Rosie Carney in particular you've toured with and played with a lot of those guys haven't you I well we were just playing with, with in their thousands there uh, last Wednesday night in yeah. Wheelands. Um that was great crack um, they, uh, the boys are sound anytime they're in Dublin they seem to get us to play so it's it's handy for us but um, no definitely it's, it's been uh, it's it's a it's a it's really lovely being able to play with people like that because you're always you're always pushing yourself to 
yeah. become them if you know what I mean That's or become to their standard and you know as your students as well so there's expenses mm. like the car that you wouldn't have to worry about elsewhere uh, exactly <laughs> yeah. um, do you have put a lot of money towards towards your, your art really? uh, uh, we try to whatever money we can any like if we if we make money from a gig yeah go straight back and I'm sure that's the same with any band that's starting out really yeah see your 800 euro guitar uh, well. exactly I, I, I don't know if that's trying to make the music better or make me feel <laughs> good like, but it's one of the three. Oh, that's it but uh, again it, it it is it's all part of the uh, well it's just about how seriously you take your music like yeah. I mean if you're if you're doing it as a hobby that's that's, that's perfect like yeah. you'll put a certain amount you'll put as much money into it as a hobby but like if you're thinking about it as as a business, yeah. Like if you're like that, that sounds sort of um, sort of cold, but I don't I don't <laughs> mean I don't mean it in that way at all. Like it's <laughs> like I I want to be able to play music all my life, and I want to I want to be able to do this seriously. Like so, yeah. The more serious you take yourself, the more willing you are to invest in yourself. If you know what I mean. The more belief in yourself, the easier it is to spend money and sort of being like okay I can do this or I want to do this so mm. definitely yeah, it's just it's all about taking yourself seriously yeah it's, it's hard to you know at the, at the start you know it's hard to kind of I, it's, it's a scary thing too yeah. like you're just like am I really going to spend a grand going to the studio here like <laughs> for a song which we've done and that's scary like yeah. but at the end of the day doing that shows that you're taking yourself seriously because like I I, w- I want to be a musician who's touring and playing all the festivals and uh, like r- releasing my own albums and stuff so not doing it would be more silly than actually doing it if you know what I mean so it's mm. just it's all about taking yourself seriously yeah that's it um, you mentioned there about you spent a thousand euros recording <laughs> Um, so have you got anything coming up in that way? We do, yeah. yeah. We have our uh, first single to be released with Andromeda Artisans coming out now in April called Tiles. Um, uh, that was recorded in Attica Studios. Um, and Sarah Sarah Cullen uh, did a lovely string arrangement for it mm. too. Um, she She's a member of Andromeda Artisans as well. So I'm really, really excited to release it. It's been, it's been a song that's sort of been played about with for about a year and a half so I'm itching to get it out yeah mm. the video for that song actually was shot in uh, the old McClafferty house where right. the boys have in their thousands um, and on a cold January morning down in Downings we threw one of our friends into a bucket of ice water <laughs> you'll see it when it comes out it looks it, it doesn't it doesn't look as sore as it was for him <laughs> Uh, it was a good day. It's all worth it for the, all, for well, the I, end result. I don't know if Michael will think the same, eh, but <laughs> definitely was for me. That's it. Uh, when's that coming out again? So uh, sometime in April. Sometime in April. Yeah, uh, we're not we're not we haven't a set date yet, but no April. <laughs> It'll <laughs> it, be April. Yeah. Is there anything? Yeah. Anything else you you can you can disclose with us? Anything you can play? Uh, another tune, you mean? Yeah, another tune. Yeah, anything of course. Then uh, I'll just tune up for it here. That was um, super subtle about it there. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're a good man. <laughs> uh, um, I think I'll do. I think this will be our second release, um, and it's a song called "The Morgue." Uh, as I said, uh, as from the first song, you can gather that um, my father's an undertaker. Yeah. And uh, one day he was away. He was over in England doing a funeral, and um, it was up like it was to me and the mortician because there was there was a funeral away over in England that he had to do, 
and then there was two funerals at home that were still to be done. Yeah. And um, I just remember uh, me and the mortician having to do these two removals, and at the start of the day, um, uh, we were there, and there were the two bodies laying beside each other, and um, I just thought it was so interesting because these two people had never met, but yet yeah. now that they'd passed away, they were laying side by side. I just thought that was very interesting because you never know what uh, you never know where you're going to go once you pass away. But anyway, the first, the first, um, the first man we took away, and it was to a lovely home, and you could really see that he was loved, you know. Mm. And I thought this, like everyone, of course, it was a sad time and people were crying, but it was a lovely, warm house, candles lit, um, and we left him and we left the lid open, and obviously everybody loved him. Um, and then later on that day, we took uh, the lady to uh, a nursing home, and um, we laid her on her bed and laid her out to wake. But um, uh, a member of staff just came in to us and said that there's there's not much point having the uh, the coffin open because nobody's coming to see her. And I just thought that was uh, that was a like one of that like I uh, take pride in how well I can yeah. do funerals and stuff because. Um, it is you can't you can't be like getting emotional you have to be there for the family you know of the person who uh, the family of the person who has passed away mm. but I just uh, I think that's one of the things in songwriting it lets me deal with the emotions I have when I'm singing it and I don't have to deal with them in real life then yeah. so I just had to write the song sort of about that day and sort of for that lady who had no one to wake her yeah sure. oh, This is called the Marg. Hospital door. 
nurse said that no one was coming to see her before we closed the lengths of fragile timber over her little It's a much more productive way to deal with this stuff than taking it home and not speaking about it, not thinking about it. Aye, definitely, and that's sort of getting back to what I was saying earlier about like the sort of the luxury you have of being an artist is you can actually talk about that stuff and yeah. deal with it, like because I mean, like it's not, it's not something that uh, I'd be like, like thinking about all the time, you know. But like, it is a brilliant thing to, as an artist to be able to just take it away and write about it and then play it and when you play it you deal with emotions and then you can get on with the rest of your life you know what I mean and like a lot of people say that uh, would, that my lyrics are very dark and stuff but I don't think I'd be a dark person like if you know no, what I mean no no I think course. that I let when I deal with it I deal with it in the music and then it's done I know? think with the subject matter you've kind of dealt with it in a kind of not even a negative way, a positive way, like. Oh well, thank you very much well, for that. I, I hope, I hope that is. Hell, it or is that is that the what you were trying to? Think I know definitely. <laughs> I, I don't like. I think. I think now oh, you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Like I think. Uh, it's definitely. I'm not singing about. Well, t- to me, I'm not singing it about. In a morose way, mm. I definitely am trying to just think about it. In like a sort of a normal way, not not just think of sort of. Death is this terrible, sad thing that happens, but more deal with it because mm. you don't really deal with it. Like it's just an Irish thing. As well, ah, so true. Yeah, I, I definitely, especially wakes and stuff. Yeah, Irish. I was I was down at your show actually on in November last year 
uh, you're supporting Ender Thousand ah, as well. Brilliant. Like, uh, and it's you're quite name. animated, you know, getting up, <laughs> interacting with the audience, making full use of the space. Uh-huh. Like, do you do that often, or do you have to work on that stage presence? Um, I think well, it's it, it isn't something that I always did, mm. but um, it's it's something that just came one day. We were we were playing that song Mexico, uh, and in in the LYAT, and I remember just yeah. running up the lecture hall like up through the tables and all <laughs> and I don't know where that came out of but it was during a, a a part of poetry that I'd written and I think ever since I did that I just kind of latched on to it it's more of a nervous thing maybe because right. like when I'm doing it like I know I know it sounds sort of like if you're nervous you should be like really inwardly and stuff but like if I'm like out there in the middle of the crowd giving it socks like at least I am exposed like I'm exposing myself so nobody else exposes me if that makes any sense yeah that's it yeah, it's, it's, a... it's, uh, it's thoroughly enjoyable though being that theatrical on stage yeah I do enjoy it other and people might not people might not enjoy watching it but I enjoy doing it but it gets your name out there and people are like who's this lad singing about dead bodies on <laughs> <laughs> the stage <laughs> who is this not <laughs> uh, probably well probably is what they're saying <laughs> but I'm sure they're like it's hopefully it's a good thing it creates talk and Aye. talk crea- yeah. you know that's definitely people talking is good. That's it. Uh, and you were you were in uh, a video the other the other couple of weeks ago. Was it Rosie Carney's latest? Aye. Yeah. Um, well, Charlie, um, uh, Charlie Dorley, the, the the band clans that I was just talking about. Yeah. Uh, he does a lot of video and stuff as well. Uh, so uh, me and my girlfriend Ashley Emma uh, were were acting for that video, and it's sort of a. It sort of, I suppose, is up to what the viewer, whatever they want to take from it. But I think my idea of it is uh, somebody losing somebody they really love and uh, knowing they won't get them back, but holding on to them. As you see in the video, um, uh, I'm sort of trying to keep hold of this uh, body of the, mm. the girl in the video and hold on to that idea of being together and stuff but I suppose even the title of uh, the song Better Man I suppose I needed to become a better man before I could do that Mm. I don't know that's my idea of of the music video there's definitely a hundred other ways that it's meant to be thought of yeah everything is open to interpretation definitely and I I definitely think that video should stay that way too but that's just my interpretation of it is that the way and you do a lot of you do a lot of interesting videos yourself actually for your own music Mm, well we we try it anyway I think uh, like I I want every part of the uh, like our our Art, our this music project that is for foresters to be interesting from our stage presence, from our songs to our videos to our online presence. Like I think that if you're going to do something, everything needs to be interesting. No, it is like because I mean, yeah. a lot of the time, um, being a good musician or playing good songs isn't enough. Like when it is enough, obviously you don't have to do anything else. But for me, I love seeing a band that have everything. And like have really like sometimes like James Missing Morrow's videos are a perfect example, like uh, of the the ones that came off post tropical. There, t- the videos are as interesting as the song, mm. and they both complement each other and just make them better. So I think that's what we're looking to do anyway. I don't know if, if we've achieved it just yet or not. I don't know, but it's definitely what we're aiming towards. You're going the right way towards mm. it anyway. Um, 
so touring plans. You I mean you played in Wheelands already? Mm-hmm. So what, what's what's next for you guys? Uh, well, we're trying to we're trying to get into the festival circuit now around uh, Ireland. Um, that's that's why we're trying to get their their first release out in April, and then maybe try to get that one that Lamar the one I just played. Maybe try to get that out in May time, yeah. just so we can have a good run at the Irish festival scene. So that are, that's definitely the plans for 2016 for for Foresters. Yeah. Have you got any any festivals uh, in mind? Like, what's uh, well, hopefully we'll get playing Swell Festival up in Armore Island in ah, Donegal. Yeah. That is a brilliant Hanlon. <laughs> Hanlon on the field is what John Muldowney, the organizer, would call it. <laughs> um, so hopefully, yeah, we'll get, that's, that's that's the one that we definitely hope to be hitting. But hopefully, we'll get all the big ones and lecture picnic and stuff like that. Yeah, good stuff. Maybe on the public Gaelic stage. That'd be good. Yeah. Well, thanks very much to Gabriel for coming into us there. Not a bother, Ryan. Thanks very much to Aiden for running the desk for this. It took a lot of production for this show. And we're going to be back next Monday with the same eclectic mix of arts and culture and film, music, etc., etc. And it's going to be great. You don't want to miss it.